welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. I want to speak on the topic this evening of the active Christian. I don't mean active in the sense of busy and doing this, that, and the other. I mean active, firstly, in not passive. And I think that's probably, I know if if I look back on my own Christian life, one of the constant battles is being passive. Passive. I think it's one of the great traps for us as God's people. So I want to speak about the active Christian, and in particular about a, a type of action that we need to take in our lives that Ephesians guides us to and has great outcome and great fruit in our lives. So let's take it then from verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 4, this wonderful letter of the Apostle Paul um, as he was in prison, gave us this absolute, just amazing, inspired letter to the church in Ephesus. Praise God. So let's read from verse 17, please. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you've heard about him, And we're taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Oh, didn't he just... Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just a couple of verses then from chapter 5. We'll just jump down to them from verse 9. Um, sorry, verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Praise God. Just a word of prayer then. Lord, we've been singing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And yes, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You're not only welcome, you're desperately needed. Lord, and we just pray that you calm our hearts, that you still our spirits, Lord, that you quicken my lips and my mind, and that you'll help us to receive, Lord, what you want to speak to us 
this evening. And Lord, that you would have all your way in this gathering. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless God. So the apostle here speaks to, he's gone through four and a half chapters of the most wonderful unfolding of what has happened and what happens in the life of a believer when we transition from darkness to light. This amazing, scripture uses the word, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The old King James says we've been translated. It's something that has just literally rocketed us out of one kingdom into another because of what Jesus did for us at Calvary. And he, he goes through all of this, all, all this wonderful doctrine of our great salvation. And now he kind of comes at this point down to practicalities. He says, right now, having said all this, now we're going to talk about your walk. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. So everything we've said and everything that he's described now, four and a half chapters in, he says, this is the consequences. This is the outcome. And I praise God this isn't chapter one. If this was chapter one where it's telling us to do this and do that, you know we may as well all just go home. Because we can't do this and do that. We can't just start with being told on a blank page, you need to do this, you need to do that. That was the law. And it failed. It failed because of us. Because we couldn't do it. We couldn't keep it. Without something radical happening to us. Without a new life coming into us. But now we've established here, this new life has come in. And if there's anyone listening here tonight, online or here, that is desperately trying to do right and do good and you can't and you don't know the Lord, now's the time. Give your heart to him. Call on his name. It's all you need to do. And he will transfer you, it says, in a moment. In a moment, as you just cry out to him. In a moment, he'll transfer you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. But having been transferred, now we walk. We walk. It's day by day. It's moment by moment. It's step after step. We've had this amazing supernatural transfer. But now it's the walk. It's the walk of righteousness. It's the walk of holiness. It's all of these things. It's that walk with God in this new life. And, you know, he paints here our life and the life of everybody It's determined by two things. It's either light and life or darkness and death. It's not determined by your intelligence, by your riches, by your capabilities, by your background. None of this comes into it from God's perspective. It's darkness or light. Darkness brings alienation from life. And he says it here, we sink into the pit of all that we are in our own nature. He says the Gentiles, they're darkened, they're alienated from the life of God. And as a result of that, 
they've become callous and given themselves up to sensuality, greedy practice, impurity. This is the life of someone in the dark. Because they're in the dark, they have no life. And because they have no life, they just live in the flesh. But now, light comes in. Light comes in just as it did in creation. God said, let there be light. And when after light came, then came life. And so it is, folks, with us. Light dawns in on our understanding. Light breaks in through the gospel. And then comes life. Light and life or darkness and death. These are the only options for every man, woman, and child. Now, light comes in, gives us life, and we're moving this walk then. This walk is about moving forward in light and life. It's about light increasing in our lives. It's about life strengthening, growing and strengthening in us. That life, when it comes initially, it's quite weak. It needs to grow. It's like a baby. It needs to develop. And, and this is what our walk is. And part of life, the life in us, and here's where we come to the active bit, from life must come action. Action. Life doesn't just sit like a blob. Life produces action. Now, there's, as I said at the start, there's an awful danger of being passive Christians and not understanding that as God's people, as believers, we need to act. That life in us needs to act. But it's action in a new dimension. Now, what do I mean by that? We live in the world. We live in the flesh. We just, we're human beings. The things we do from day to day, we eat, we drink like everybody else. We work, we go to bed, we sleep. But there are things that we do that are spiritual actions and they're done in a spiritual dimension. Because we don't just live in this dimension of the horizontal. There are de deliberate spiritual actions of faith. We live in a new dimension and we can act in that new dimension. The majority are just living in the flesh, the natural realm. And you know, even as Christians, unfortunately, we can allow ourselves just to live in a natural dimension. We can use the best of human thinking, human energy, even religious intentions. But if we're not acting by faith in the supernatural dimension that we've been brought into, it's just natural. And we're not living out, we're not acting in that life of the Spirit. Now I want to just take a, a little tangent here for a few moments to speak about this new dimension. Because there is another dimension. There's a natural dimension in which we live and work and breathe and all that. There's the spiritual dimension in which we act and we'll get into that in a little bit more detail. But there's also another spiritual dimension 
that many in the dark are acting in, consciously or unconsciously. That's the evil dimension. And that dimension often requires certain unnatural actions to access it, to enter into it. And I'm saying this because I just feel a need, we need to be careful, particularly young people and others who might, might be unwittingly interacting or entering in or interacting with that dimension, that other dimension, which is not a good dimension, it's an evil dimension. This is why things like drugs are a no-no for Christians, because they affect our minds. The original word for witchcraft is pharmakeo, which is to do with drug-induced trances that the, you know, witches go into. Anything associated with these things like incantations, chants, rituals, even alternative medicines with their roots in paganisms, paganism, these are things we need to be careful that we don't fall into, either deliberately or inadvertently, and give any ground to the devil. This dimension of darkness. I just want to tell, give you a, a quick anecdote uh, just a little simple thing from, from my own life. Um, but to me it was an interesting warning. A number of years ago, um, when my daughter was in primary school, she told us one day that they were starting a yoga class and they had to do it. Now I didn't. We didn't think twice about it. It's just a, yoga is just an exercise thing. Uh, so I presume they were just doing some kind of exercises. I knew, I knew it had Eastern religion connotations, but to be honest, I didn't take a whole pile of notice of it. And I'm sure for, in many instances, it, it probably is just, by and large, an exercise regime. But I was chatting to her a few weeks later, and I just happened to ask her, how's the yoga thing going? And she started describing to me how the yoga, the teacher wasn't just doing exercises with them. She was bringing in all this paraphernalia, doing little chants and getting them to empty their minds and getting them to chant these things with her. And I could see Naomi was not comfortable with it. And then it came out a while later chatting that she had begun to have the most awful nightmares over the past couple of weeks. And in some way, these nightmares were linked to this class. So the alarm bells obviously went off in my head immediately, and we pulled her out of it straight away. And I could see the relief in her face when we did that. But it was just a little warning. You know, even innocently or inadvertently, there is a dimension out there that we need to avoid and not get mixed up with any of these things. And there could be things on TikTok or any, I don't really know, but there are definitely, there's stuff out there, crystals and stones and all this rubbish. Believers, steer clear of it. It's not a dimension we want anything to do with. Because we move and act and live in a dimension of light and life and holiness, and we don't have to do anything to get into it. 
We don't have to chant or do a ritual or take drugs or do any of these things to somehow access this dimension. We've been put in it by grace. We're in this kingdom of God and we move in this supernatural dimension by faith. And even though nothing is seen to the natural eye in, many, in, in the majority of cases, we can act in this dimension. What do I mean by this? When we open our mouth and we pray and say things to God with faith in our hearts, we're doing something that is just natural. We're just speaking. Someone looking on says, oh, what are they doing? They're speaking. We are acting. We're doing something. Something, when we do that, something happens. And I think we can perhaps forget that we are acting in a supernatural realm. When we come in here and we lift up our voices and we worship God, we are acting in another dimension. And something happens in us. Something happens in the heavenlies. These things are real, folks. And don't let familiarity and just being used to doing them somehow numb you to the fact that as God's people, we are living, moving, and acting in another dimension. By faith. By faith. When we lift up our hands, it's an action. But it's an action that actually does something inside of me and you, spiritually. There are many who can't lift their hands up. They're bound. But when you lift up your hands to the throne of God, you are doing something by faith. You're lifting up Christ and something happens and gets built up inside of you. When the pastors or anyone, lay, or anyone lays hands on someone by faith or prayer, you are acting. This is not, these are not things to be just taken for granted. These are actions. They're all by faith. Of course, we can do anything by rote and just not think. But by faith, we are acting and working in a supernatural realm. When we determine something in our spirit and when we speak God's word to somebody, when we, when we speak the gospel, we are acting in a supernatural dimension. And we have the potential to see someone translated from the kingdom of darkness into light on the spot. Oh, these are wonderful things that we're involved in. Don't lose, oh, don't lose the preciousness of who we are. And what's been put into us? We all know that moment we cried out to God and said, Lord Jesus, save me. We, we just said words out of our mouth, but something eternal happened. When we hear the word, if you're sitting here tonight and you're hearing the word or any other night or any other morning and something is entering in and you're believing it and you're taking it to yourself, Something is taking place in another dimension. 
So I just want to remind us, because I have to remind myself, don't get used to these things. They're different. They're not the same. They're not just like our day's work. These precious actions and reactions and responses. And, you know, we can, be, we can get bored listening to someone praying or talking. But these are, by faith, we are acting. Acting in the supernatural realm. Praise God. This is real business. It has effect, it has consequence. And if we don't do these things, if we don't pray, if we don't believe, if we don't worship, if we don't speak to people, if we don't, it also has a consequence. If we just passively let it all wash over us. Now, I want to speak then having just looked at, in general, the whole idea of action in this supernatural dimension. There's two specific actions that are addressed here in this chapter. And they speak to the putting off of the old nature, the old self, and putting on the new life, the the new nature. Put off and put on. These, again, I want to say these are actions. These are responses to the problem that we all face day after day after day. We may be at the moment, perhaps we're running on good feeling, Christian enthusiasm, maybe a sense of well-being, a sense of blessing. But there come a time, there come days, there come moments when that will run out. And when this old self, this old nature of mine, all my, all my old fleshly, as it says here, it's linked to my old manner of life, it's corrupt through deceitful desires, all the old ways, the unwillingness, the, the just bad humor, all of those things that are part of my old self, these will come and trip us up and discourage us and wear us down and bring us into defeat. And when that happens, we have to get our motivation and our strength and our enthusiasm on a stronger foundation than just ourselves. And we need to act. When we find ourselves confronted and overwhelmed by what we are in ourselves, and it's, it's seeming utter impossibility, we need to act. You know, we can have a sort of a helpless, whining existence. And I've been there where we're just like, oh, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Every day, Tuesday, help me. Wednesday, Lord, help me. And it's kind of a defeated, just going on and on. Really a sense of constant defeat. But there are certain matters and issues in our lives where God says to us, like to Moses and Joshua, get up off your face. Why are you crying to me? Face the situation. Act in faith and move forward. There's a wonderful scripture in Isaiah where the Lord says, shake yourself from the dust, my people. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So I believe that this putting off and putting on, it's, these are a response, an action. 
<clears throat> so let's look at them both. Put off. He says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of self, former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. The first action is put off. Now, why? Well, I think it's fairly obvious. Before we put on anything, we've got to put off the old nature that's the one clinging to us. It's the one that's there when we wake up. It's the one that's always wrapping itself around us in our, in our natural response. Now, how, what's this action put off? What does this involve? Well, I believe it starts with an attitude of believing what God has said. That we can put off this old self because we have put it off. Colossians 3 addresses this same topic. And he puts a slightly different angle on it. He says... Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self, which is being renewed. And you have put on the new self. And then he goes on to say, well, put off and put on. But you put off the old self because we have put it off. We're not trying to accomplish something. We're taking a position of faith in what Christ has done. And in him, this old nature has been put off at Calvary. Ultimately, in eternity, it'll be completely gone. And in that walk in between, we walk by faith in what has happened as we move towards the ultimate and final deliverance from this old nature putting it off so as I say it starts with an attitude of believing and then it's a laying aside the thoughts the failure modes the despair the dread the foolishness the guilt all the things that crowd in upon us and have you ever experienced that you wake up on a day or you find yourself at the end of a day and your old nature just looms over you it seems to blot out the sun. It holds you in its awful grip and it says, ha you're, de- you're, de- you're doomed to be determined by, by me. No. Again, it's action by faith. We don't lie down under it. We don't just go down in a heap and say, oh, I failed again. I've messed up again. I've lost my cool again. I've done this again, yet again. No, no, no. We turn it, we turn, and we face it by faith. And indeed, speak to it. Get down before God in prayer and speak to that old self of yours that torments you and declare its defeat. Put it off, it says. We have the power to, we have the right to, because it's dead, it's gone, it's done. It's on life support, it's still remaining with us until the final deliverance, but it cannot rule over us. It cannot rule over us. (coughs) 
Romans 6 tells us this. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Yes, it'll be there. It'll be dragging you down and dogging your steps, but don't allow it to rule. And that's, that's the action, I believe, of putting it off. It's we, we face down this old nature of ours. And we can. We can't play around with it, work on it, try to improve it, try to manage it. We face it down by faith. And when it takes the ground from under us, we face it down again and we proclaim in Jesus' name by faith what Christ has done, that this is a defeated enemy and we must treat it as such. It will, of course, be an imperfect putting off until that day when it will finally be put off. But we walk by faith now in what he has done for us in Christ. Hallelujah. Putting on, then. Putting off and putting on. Putting on, then, he says, put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is a stepping into Christ and who I am in him and taking it to myself. And it's often when I feel the least like it. And you know, this is not positive thinking. You can think, well, this is just trying to kid yourself, trying to fool yourself. No, positive thinking only accesses the natural realm. But we have access to a new nature, to a new person who lives inside us by the Holy Spirit and putting on the new self is accessing him by faith. We put him on. Again, it's an action. It's a supernatural, spiritual action of faith. We put him on. We take him onto us. Of course, it's imperfect, it's halting, it's step by step, it's day by day. This is a walk. But the more we act and don't just lie down in failure and in defeat and under a sense of the impossibility of what I am in myself, but we rise up and we declare by faith what Christ has done for us and put it off. And take to us Jesus and all that he has been made for us. Colossians tells us then, put on then, he says, of God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. So he's saying, put on put on. And you know, there's a wonderful hope in putting on because it means that I'm taking something that isn't naturally in me and I'm putting it on. I'm putting on who Christ is in me. Whatever I am by nature, however unloving I am, however lacking in patience I am, however lacking in compassion and kindness and all of these things, that's not the point. The point is I'm acting by faith, I'm seeing who he is, and I'm by faith taking him. 
putting clothing, like, like I put on a garment in the morning. I clothe myself with who he is by faith. This is action. This is a positive standing in faith when we're faced, as I say, with the defeated just sense of failure, the sense of how can I ever, all of these things that crowd in, don't lie down, don't just give up under it, don't just whine and say, oh God, will I ever be this, will I ever, no, our response is one of action, put it off, put it away, put away that response, that natural response, you have. put away that thing and put on who Jesus is. He, he's offering us, he's giving us access to all that he is, to his love. If you can't love someone, of course you can't. He, he's offering you his love for that person. Put it on. If, you've, if you're completely impatient with someone all the time, in your old self, don't try and fix your old self. Put it off. Say, that's done with. I, I, my old self is irredeemable. But I'm going to access by faith. I'm going to take Christ's patience. And I'm going to take it to myself. It's apart from myself. And I'm going to take it for me. By faith. And you know, this is real. Even just, I testify in my own life, I didn't particularly want to preach this word because I feel like a hypocrite. Because so often I fail and I fall. But you know, if that was the measure, we'd never preach anything. But by the grace of God, I can say that there are times when I felt so crushed by failure and self and I have found that this scripture and this response on my knees before God and this taking this just action, even in the, in the face of feeling everything the opposite, by faith. It's, it's effective. It's effective. It's, never, it's not perfect, and it won't be. And you'll fall again, and you'll fail again. But by faith, we walk the next day. We walk the next day. We put off that old response. We put off. We don't try and do better or handle it better. No, we take an attitude, a stand, and we put it off. We put on him. Believing that he has given us all that we need. <clears throat> the outcome then finally is supremely practical. If we look at the last from verse 25 on, it's down to earth and it's to bless others. He speaks about putting away falsehood. Put it away. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Put away falsehood. I think there's some, something so precious in this for us to think of. It's about being honest, being truthful with one another, 
it's not just somehow that I'm trying to be exact in everything I say, like some kind of a just Christian accountant keeping track of everything exactly, but it's putting away falsehood because we belong to each other. We're members of each other. It's being sincere and true with each other. And when you think through your life, how much hiding and faking and covering up and just not being transparent do we do? Because we're members. We belong to each other. We're part of each other. And we owe each other sincerity, truth, openness, being vulnerable, being prepared to be honest, put away falsehood. The world lives in falsehood. Not for us. Put it away. It speaks about putting away anger. Don't let the sun go down in it. He speaks about putting away Thieving. Now, we, none of us might think, well, we're not, we don't shoplift. But he says, he says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. We may not shoplift, but we may be robbing our employer, robbing our families by not being hardworking and diligent. We may be robbing God not paying our tithe, not, not giving to his work. So the outcome of putting off is put away a kind of a stealing, taking for myself attitude. Just take, 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 take from anyone. It doesn't matter. I'm going to take it. Put this off, he says. Put on a hard-working willingness to labor, not just to be a workaholic. The world is full of workaholics. But he says, so that you will have enough to spare that you can help others. That's the outcome. This is all for the benefit of others. Be truthful and honest so that because we're members of each other, because we can bless each other, be hardworking and not thieving so that you have enough to give to help others. He says, put away corrupt talk from your mouths. And the positive, put on or put into you what's good for building up as fits the occasion to give grace to those who are here. So it's about the words in our mouth. To be ready each day to speak words of comfort and encouragement and building up, words of grace, words of the gospel. This is not our natural response. My natural response most days is I don't want to talk to anybody a lot of the day. Put this away. Put away your natural. We all have personalities and we all have tendencies, but the word of God tells us as a Christian, when I get up and I face the day, I've got to put off what I am. Put off my old natural inclinations and all that I want and all that I'm demanding and all my just couldn't be bothered and all this. Put it off and put on, put on the response and the, just the, the active 
response that Christ wants to work in me because it's from him. Be kind and tender-hearted, not to be hard on each other, not to be just criticizing each other and tough on each other. Be kind to one another, be tender-hearted. Again, put off. We may be a kind of alpha-type personality then, and then we are hard on people who are not. Put it off, put it away. Put on kindness, tender-hearted. Something that we don't have by nature, but we can put it on because he offers it to us by his Holy Spirit. So folks, this is the beautiful outcome of active Christians. Active. Not just busybodies doing, doing, doing and potentially in it just being hard-hearted and bitter and just workaholics and perhaps angry inside and covering up and having falsehood and all these things that it's talking about. No, be active. Be active in your own closet, in your own life to put off the old nature, put on the new and then act out for God. And don't allow yourself just to be a passive, passive believer where the old nature just wraps around you and grows stronger and stronger and just chokes your life. It won't kill it, but it will certainly choke it. Put it off. Don't allow it. Don't allow it to dominate. Take unto you his life and his capability, his fruit, his loveliness. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.